In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. This week, a baby was born. His name is to be Sully, more formally Sullivan, seven pounds, eight ounces, 20 inches long, absolutely darling. His parents are our former neighbors and longtime friends. They even watched our daughter Josephine when she was a small kid, a little toddler. When I arrived at the hospital room to bless baby Sully on Wednesday afternoon, he was not there. He'd been taken for circumcision. And so his absence gave me some time to spend with his parents and his grandmother doting family. Claire talked of Sully's birth story, how the last 36 hours had unfolded with induction and labor and welcoming her lovely son. Claire's mom shared how meaningful it was to support her daughter through this process as she visited from Knoxville, Tennessee. We talked of epidurals versus natural childbirth experiences, you know, the real stuff in labor and delivery rooms. <clears throat> and Kate, who is Claire's wife, sat quietly. She sits next to me, she's thoughtful and listening. Welcoming Sully is beautiful and complex for Kate. There is much responsibility and pressure, often self-imposed, in raising a child, and Kate doesn't take this lightly. When she talks of the connection she feels already with Sully, she beams with love. She says she feels as if she has always known him. The pediatrician comes in to talk to the new parents, and then baby Sully returns from his procedure. He is swaddled, tired, and precious. And I get to hold him and bless him, marking a cross on his forehead and praying that he will always know and live into the love of Jesus. So watching these new mothers gaze lovingly at their son who holds much promise and hope, I think about how the gospel today comes into focus in a more clear way. On this eighth day of Christmas tide, January 1st, the eighth day following the birth of Jesus. By the law of Moses, faithful Hebrew people had their sons circumcised on that eighth day. It was a social affair, family and friends gathered to celebrate and witness the circumcision and the naming of the baby. And so we remember this day as the holy name so Mary and Joseph, also Jews, were wrapped up in this ritual as well, and that's what we hear being described as part of today's gospel. 
But just before that, the shepherds are hurrying to Bethlehem after the angel of the Lord says the familiar words that we hear annually at our nativity pageant, or maybe if you watch A Charlie Brown Christmas, you hear Linus saying those words as we have heard previously, do not be afraid, the angel says, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bonds of cloth and lying in a manger. And then that chorus of angels bathed in a bright light begin to sing glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace and goodwill to all people. So that is what the shepherds are reporting to Mary and Joseph when they find the baby. Those are those awesome events that they are sharing that have changed the lives of these shepherds. I imagine that hearing these words continues to fill in the dots outlining the complexity and fullness promised by the angels who visited the Holy Family, telling them of what was to come. In Luke's version of the Gospel, we also hear that Mary treasured all the words that she heard and she pondered them in her heart. She treasured the words. She considered the tales told and she joined these accounts with the other phenomenal brushes with the divine essence of God, with the divine presence of Yahweh. Can you sit in the depth of that which Mary pondered, holding all of that in her heart, whether it's for a child that you love or another holy experience, hold that close. And how that could resonate in your heart to sustain you through what comes ahead. You see, giving of the holy name of Jesus that naming ceremony becomes a public expression of a deeply holy treasured experience. No one else could fully understand what Joseph and Mary had been told by angels, and yet that name above all names to which every knee shall bend and every tongue shall confess in earth and on heaven and under the earth that name is Jesus, Jesus Christ, the Lord. The Apostle Paul put that language together for us, and it's read in the Christ hymn in the letter to the church and people in Philippi that we heard read just a moment ago, that letter to the Philippians. Paul reminds his sibling followers of the faith to live not just by copying the Messiah, not just by copying Jesus, but something deeper, having the same mind and the same love of Jesus. That way it's not just actions that are done, but it's a, an ethos that is lived into. 
Jesus, that long-awaited one who was, as Paul tells us, in the form of God and yet humbled himself into the lowest form, that of a slave. He lowered himself even more, sacrificed and subjected to death on a cross. And it's at that point that God lifted Jesus up, highly exalted him, as we hear Paul write, raising him from the dead. So that as we live into the birth story of Jesus, into the life story of Jesus, the stories we tell of Jesus will never end with the grave. They end with the grace of God lifting our eyes to heaven where Jesus ascended. So there's that movement from fullness of a baby in arms to the emptying in his death and to God's redemptive indwelling of hope for the whole world. All of that is held in the holy name of Jesus. It is active, it is moving, it is complex and beautiful and mysterious, and it is the good news. It's the good news that we proclaim far and wide. <clears throat> Merry Christmas. Thank you.